Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. And welcome. Well, today's a bit of a different Sunday in that today is called Catalyst Sunday and Ryan referred to it before, but really it's a bit of a family Sunday. It's, it's where we kind of, um, we look at a bit of a teaching perhaps, but not so much working through a series or anything like that, but we come around and go, hey family, uh, let's think about something. And uh, Vision Sunday is a bit similar. We're like, this is the direction we're heading. And Catalyst Sunday is similar as well. Um, Catalyst Sunday is different in that it's a day that we actually talk about finance. Uh, and, and as it relates to acts like family, feels like home, um, finance is really part of that. Who's got someone, a member of their household, who just does not contribute a red cent? Those three-year-olds, am I right? <laughs> Lazy. <laughs> but you, you even know, like when you come to Christmas dinner, that often you've got a family member that, that they're not bringing much, right? Am I right? <laughs> and, uh, and, and maybe it's you and you should feel rightly convicted this morning. Um, but there's, there's always, we want to be people that, that are part of a household that contributes. And so I'm really going to unapologetically talk about that this morning. I want to tell you that there was a long time that I talked apologetically about that. A um, few like family of origin kind of things is that we never talked about money as a household. In fact, it was crass and inappropriate to talk about money. My mum and dad had been married a couple of years and I was five years old and, and I kind of wanted to get the lay of the land on our financial situation. And so I said to dad, dad, do we have a hundred dollars? And he was like, we do not speak about money. That is private. That is none of your business. We do not talk about that. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I just quietly went about flogging money from his undies drawer if I ever needed it, <laughs> which is not the right response. Um, but, but maybe your family was like that. And, and still to this day, if Daz ever mentions our financial situation from the platform, inwardly I, I get a bit like, I'm like, oh, no, we shouldn't be talking about that. And, and when he, he and his brothers, they'll talk about you know, incomes and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, this is so crass. And it's something that rises up in me. And maybe you're the opposite to that. You love talking about money, like you've told people where your superannuation's at and where it's on track to being. And you're just totally okay with it. And I love you for that this morning. And I need you to help me. But uh, today, we're just going to talk about helping get stuff done. Because Catalyst Sunday is a day that has traditionally been where the regular tithes and offerings that come into the church that is the chapel won't get done what needs to get done. So I'm going to bring you a little bit of a teaching around that. What even are tithes and offerings? And by doing that this morning, I want to take us back into history, Genesis chapter 14, where Abraham gave a tenth of all he had to a man called Melchizedek, a priestly figure called Melchizedek, or Melchizedek, depending on if you like saying ch or kuh. And, uh, and so, <clears throat> um, which would make... Chuk, the word chuk, problematic. Um, but Melchizedek was uh, this priestly figure and, and Abraham gave a tenth of all he had to him, not because he was instructed to, not because the law said that he had to because there was no law yet, but because he did it out of revelation. And he gave this 10% to Melchizedek. <clears throat> that is then perpetuated all through the Old Testament and then it even finds its way into the New Testament when Jesus refers to it and then is practiced by Christians all over the world through all of history. In fact, my brother-in-law, who no longer goes to church, says it's the one common preaching that all Christians have. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> but um, it's not necessarily the case. Now, I- I'm going to bring you to something about that in just a moment. But, but this idea of a tenth of income was something that was really regular. 
The other thing that would happen that we don't necessarily understand unless we have a Jewish background is there was this thing called the offering of the first fruits. Offering of the first fruits. And there was even a festival of the first fruits. So that turned to the person next to you, say it 50 times fast, festival of the first fruits, festival of the first fruits. And uh, the festival of the first fruits and the offering of the first fruits was where they would take their, oh, Mars, I forgot to get the right terminology in between services, but the first, we're just going to say bud of grain, head of grain. Yes, because bud is for weed. Um, we don't talk about that in church. Um, for the first head of grain, and they would take that and they would raise it high and place it in the hands of the priest. This is called the teruma. And what this, when eventually they, the, the move from being a totally agrarian society and into being um, different, what they, what they came up with was that would be between one fortieth and one sixtieth of people's income. And they would take that and they would give it to the priests. And that was to provide for the Levites, the priests, because they weren't allowed to own property between a 40th and a 60th. And then the next, what else they would do? They would give 10% of their income to the temple. And that would provide for the temple and provide for different um, offerings and uh, different activities. That was their first tithe. Now, here's something that we don't know because we just read tithe and we think it's all the same thing or the first fruits offering and we think it's all the same thing. But actually then they had another tithe, another 10%. And this 10%, this second tithe, would go into the temple for the festivals and for the feasts. And this spins me out in the best possible way because God wanted them to provide for the ministry. He wanted them to provide for the activities in the temple, but then he wanted them to make sure that they had a rip-roaring good time as well. I love that. This is like the ultimate, like the original Christmas club. Who's got the Credit Union S4? This is it right here. This is like, it was like vacation city here, but, but, but in order not just for them to go and have a vacation, but for them to include the spiritual in the very natural, that they would go and celebrate the goodness of God together as a community and it would be taken care of ahead of time. We are grateful for the Sinclairs and their opening up of their property last night in the bonfire, but how cool if we had a fund. <laughs> we just laid out a big feast, a big pig. Sorry, Shannon, the pig. Um, is Shannon still around, Muzz? Ah, praise the Lord. Okay. Um, Katie, you happy with that? Uh, okay, so... Back on track, 10%. Now, every third time, this tithe would go to the poor. And this is amazing. They didn't have Centrelink. They didn't have welfare. They didn't have that. But they had a community who would take care of each other. So every third time, that 10% would go to the poor. Now, that, that was just, you know, we're talking rough figures. We're talking Jewish history. Now, let me make really clear to you right now, I'm not revealing a new doctrine of giving this morning. I'm not saying that this is what the chapel people do. If you want to be part of the chapel, that's what you do. 100% that is not what I am saying. It is not what ACC suggests or anything like that. I'm just telling you what happened. And actually, this is what Daz and I... Oh, this one we're a bit rough on. We, the poor's okay, but we tend to just spend anything that we're trying to save for ourselves. Um, but the, the rest we do, we have got a pastor couple that we give a teruma to. Now, a bunch of you, a bunch of you do this, a bunch of you tithe, a bunch of you do it in a regular and automated way by giving when your pay comes in, you tithe to the church. And some of you actually do this. 
Um, some people do it regularly into the bank account because we've said we don't need to receive that because we're paid by the church. It's not like the Levites. We actually own property. So, but, but people want to do it in their practice and so they will give it to us and, and often we'll give it to the church. Um, there's one time that we don't, but it doesn't actually ever stay with us. It enables us to do things. If you want to talk to me more about that, you certainly can later. But thinking about this as a principle, right, because when God sets up a principle, it's never usually in isolation. This was another thing that used to happen, was that there would be a field, okay? And God put into law, but also wanted it to be the spirit that people would never go all the way out to the edges of their field. But in fact, they would just leave the edges for people who didn't have anything. And he wanted them to live with margin of what was available to them. (laughs) Well, so unladylike. (laughs) What was available to them. Um, in order to provide for others. Now, it didn't matter the size of the field. If you had a small field, today you're on a pension, it wouldn't matter. You could still live with your margin inside the field. If you had a bigger field, that would be okay. Now, our culture tends to have us living like this, where actually what we live on is slightly outside our field, and that's why we need afterpay or before pay or nimble or whatever it is. But God would have us live with margin. Now, who's ready for some math? (laughs) Three people. Yes. This is called a radius of a circle, okay? And the radius of a circle's area is A equals pi R squared, okay? Now, if this square um, has a circle inside of it, then the distance of this is 2R, two times the radius of the circle. Okay? Tracking? Okay, 2, the area of the square is 2R, in brackets, Llewellyn Owens, squared. Okay? Which equals... Now, this is going to be over in about two minutes, so if you're like, I do not know what you're talking about, just just tune back in in two minutes. Pi R squared... So if we are to look at what a percentage of our life of margin looks like, then and it's the circle outside of a square, inside of a square rather, it would look like this, pi r squared over 4r squared. r squared cancels each other out. This over this as a percentage equals 78.5%. 100% minus roughly 1.5, it's actually... between 2.5 and 1.6%, minus 10% here, minus 10% here, equals a circle inside of a square. The principle of God at work. Like, some of you are like, (laughs) and others of you are like, and that to me is awesome. Now, I was looking at this um, this week because we got the mandated pay rise um, that came as at the end of the financial year this week. So I was reworking out, well, what's a tithe now? What's our tarima look like now? Um, if you didn't get the mandated pay rise, maybe go to your boss and talk about it. If you are a boss, I'm really sorry if I just raised that. Um, do what you like, uh, but adhere to the law. Um, and so, um, and I was working it out and I was like, oh, now what's the tarima again? I think it's a 25th. And so I worked out a 25th and redid my transfers. And then I went back and looked at it and went, oh no, it's between a 40th and a 60th. And I quickly went back and adjusted my transfers down. Okay, I want to tell you about this. I worked out what my new tithe would be and set that up to go in regularly. And um, I was listening to my daughter, Bella, at her church. She gave a tithe message at youth. 
And uh, she was talking about when she first began to earn a paycheck, that it was her great joy to decide to give. Everyone just cough, please. <coughs> Love you. And, um, and so um, she worked out and she thought that it was 10% of whatever she had, not 10% of whatever she earned. And so she would earn, say, 50 bucks. She's a kid. And she would tithe um, $5. Now, just say the next week she didn't work, she'd go, okay, well, what's 10% of what I have? I have 45 left. Okay, $4.50. And depending on the week and how much she'd earned, she would be like, I hate offering time. <laughs> I'm just, my bank account is dwindling and dwindling and dwindling. And that's why it's really important to have good teaching around this stuff. Now, New Testament, let me tell you about this right now. And let me also tell you that in our church, we're blessed. Trish Moore, Renee Hawes, James Gilbert have done phenomenal courses all about looking after our income. So stay tuned. There'll be more to come with that. New Testament living, Okay. What, like 10%, 10%, what are we supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be saving 10%. We're supposed to be giving 10%. What's, am I supposed to be giving you money, Bron? New Testament giving. This all belongs to God, the whole thing. <clears throat> and you have the Holy Spirit living inside you when you become a Christian and you give what he prompts you to give. Now, just as a great practice, Daz and I do this. Because it's like, well, I don't think you're going to say less than that, God, because it all belongs to you. So we'll just do this. And if there's anything more, you just tell us what we need to do. Um, And so I commend the practice to you. But I tell you that New Testament living is the whole box. The whole field belongs to him. It always did. And the Jewish people knew it. They knew they were stewards of what God had given them. But in our individualistic society, we tend to think in terms of me and mine and my. So... um, I want to tell you just a quick testimony. <laughs> I don't need water. Oh, gee, thank you. Um, <clears throat> the puffing is actually, so they did my heart rate, right, when I did all these things. And, uh, and they always ask me, are you like a professional athlete? And I'm like, what, like discus thrower, sumo wrestler, what do you reckon? <laughs> and, but my heart rate's like 38, my resting heart rate. I'm like the fittest person alive. So, yeah, anyway. So the puffing is not because I'm unfit. Okay. <laughs> Random facts with Bron. Um, where are we up to? Oh, testimony time. So in recent events, Daz dropped a third of his income. One of his roles, he couldn't do it anymore. Daz is only paid two days by the church. And he um, dropped a third of his income because of everything that happened. He wasn't able to fulfil a role that brings in other income to us. And we're just like, you know what? We're going to trust God. It's cool. God will take care of it. And he did. The way that he did that was that um, there are a few people that pay or give a taruma to us. Now, one has since the dawn of time. It doesn't stay with us. We have a very specific purpose for it, so we feel really comfortable receiving it. But other people that have given us a taruma and not paid it straight into the bank account, we've tended to give to the church. Now, when all this came about and we dropped a third of our income, Dad said, Bron, I feel comfortable keeping it because, you know, this thing has happened. It wasn't of our doing. Um, and we've obviously got a big difference in our income. It's like, yep, sweet, no worries, Daz. Then another family came to us who were new to, church, new to our church, and they said, hey, look, I don't know if you're familiar with this concept of the Taruma, but we really feel to give you ours. And what happened was that it made up um, half of that third, so a sixth of our income that we'd lost was made up. Then Daz got reinstated and everything went back to normal, 
And the, that, where that source of income came said, hey, look, we're going to pay you pro rata and we'll give you the other half. So as is typical with God, we lost absolutely nothing during a time where we should have lost a whole lot. And he provided it through the principles that he has in the Old Testament, which is just incredible. So I just encourage you, the whole field is his. Pray about what this looks like for you and pray about it and think about it. Think about it, premeditate it, and then determine it in your heart. Don't be like, well, depends on the week, bro. Depends on the week. I'm just going to, oh, to me, go you. That's awesome. To me, like that's too, I'll forget it. I'll totally forget it. And um, it will be too based off my emotion. So I'm going to set something in place. And if God tells me to give more on top of that, then I will by all means. You do you, boo, um, however that looks for you. Okay, so Catalyst Sunday. Catalyst is where all this doesn't actually get it done. I mean, in reality, I think if everyone practised this, then a whole lot more would get done. But God still calls us to um, Catalyst moments where he helps us get things done quicker. Ryan mentioned a few. It's incredible. So we're going to watch Daz. Daz is in America on a ministry trip at the moment. Um, So we're going to watch him and then we'll come back to here. Hi, everybody in Tamworth. It's a little bit weird being with you on the screen, looking forward to being back in person. But uh, I just wanted to say a couple of things as we head into Catalyst Sunday and Bron leads you forward. Uh, Just from Bron, I just wanted to say a massive thank you. We love you. It's the great pleasure of our life to lead the Tamworth Church and to serve God amongst you. Uh, You are an incredible church and we love you. We love the church that you are. We love the way you love people and each other and are determined to continue to move into the God-appointed future that God puts before us. Thank you. Thank you for trusting Bron and I and over many years and and that you've rallied your heart to what we have believed across time to be the God-appointed plans for our church. Thank you for responding with faith and in your finance on days like today. And so as we come to Catalyst, Uh, Sunday. And as we come to our Catalyst offering this year, uh, I just want to encourage you, may you rally your heart all over again. May you determine that you're building the future. Uh, We're not just a legacy of the past now, but we're building the future. Let's do that today. God bless you as we go to the message. I just want to say blessing be upon you and may God move your heart and let's go to it. For me, this Catalyst Sunday is about, it's about meeting need and seeding the God appointed future and, and speeding its coming. Uh, that's what Catalyst offering is pretty well always about for us, but it's certainly about that this year. And, and this is what Catalyst funds do, right? They, they, they seed the God appointed future. And, and, and of course, they speed its coming. What I mean is that there are some promises of God that are, they're, they're, they're on a fixed timeline. I mean, God has said it, He's got a determined time in mind, and it's going to come to pass. And then there are other things in the God-appointed plan, lots of promises that actually are on a fluid timeline. We see that right through Scripture. And that fluid timeline is determined by the willingness of God's people to partner with Him and what He is up to. And so the kind of things we're talking about around a catalyst offering are the fluid timelines. We can slow, they're becoming a reality, or we can seed and speed uh, the God appointed future coming to pass in our times and, and for what he has planned into the future. And so that's what we're about today. And, and so as we think about your church, 
Um, this could well be a catalyst moment. This could well be a time when God is just up to something. I, I want you to think about the power of a catalyst offering for a moment here. Think about the building you're in. Now, it's, it's an amazing building, right? All of our buildings across the chapel are amazing buildings. And what we know is, and maybe what you don't know is, if, if we had built those buildings or the people who built those buildings had done it just on tithes and offerings, today you still might be gathering under a tree. And, and let's face it, it's pretty cold out there today. And so that being the case, in, in reality, it's very real that for some of you, apart from catalyst offerings or offerings like them, that you would still be bumping in and out of a venue or, or maybe hiring a venue. What we know for sure, you would not have the quality of the church that you're gathering today if it was not for these one-off offerings that have this long history in the Bible and have built Jesus' church across the ages. And so... People like you and maybe you have given sacrificially, faithfully, in a faith-filled way to offerings like this to seed and to speed the coming to pass of the God-appointed future. And so here we are. And today is just like those days that we've been talking about. And so let me, I'll let you hold that thought and let me read to you from Scripture as I, I orientate you personally around an idea. Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 to 3, it says this. Now, when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples out to them, and he said this, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied there with her colt, and her colt tied there with her. Loose them and bring them to me. It sounds like a robbery. Um, and if anyone says anything to you, you shall say this. Say, the Lord has need of them, and immediately... He will send them. I want you to think about this, this, what I've called here, high trust moments and God appointed futures when they come together. See, what we have here is, is a, a very famous scene in the God appointed plan of God. This is, this is a scene in scripture that is predicted thousands of years before and that the, the Jewish people are well accustomed with. They, they know this story about Jesus is going to ride a donkey into the city. They, they know how it's going to unfold. This is known to any Jewish child. And here it is. And before their very eyes, the, the, that scene, that prophecy is now unfolding. And so we see here the God appointed future just unfolding before them and around them. And, and that's also true where you are. There is a God appointed future. There's a God appointed plan that has been unfolding and that will unfold in the place and amongst the people where you live. And right now you're in the thick of it. And what if today is pivotal to it? That's what I want you to think about it. What if today is pivotal to it in some way? Because here's what I know. On that day, it's very unlikely that the owner of the donkey and the colt woke up that morning and, and recognized that this was a supernatural, special, prophetic day. He probably woke up like every other day and it felt very normal, very normal day. And like, he's a very normal person and he got about his business. But before the day was over, he'd been involved, whether he knew it or not, in one of the most predicted and pivotal moments in history as he became the supplier of the donkey for Jesus. Here's a, that's the first thought, that we are just involved in 
God-appointed plans and God-appointed futures as we come to Catalyst Moments. And and then there's this second thought, and here's a thought I love about this moment. It says here in the scripture, if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. Here's what I love. Jesus knows that the place he has pointed them to, the donkey and the colt that he has pointed his disciples to, he knows that the man who owns them will release them to them the moment he says the Lord has need of it. I love this high trust. He's a high trust person, a person that God can trust. And I'm sure you're like me. I I honestly want to be that person. The reason I'm reading this scripture is I remember hearing this story and being so impacted by this idea many, many years ago, this idea that in a moment like this or a moment like you walk into or I, that God can look on and go, I can trust that guy, that girl to get this done. The moment they will hear, the moment they hear that this is for God, they will release whatever it is that the Lord needs in this time. And as we come to this callous moment, I want to be the kind of person that God can can trust with this. And and this is powerful. Not only is it powerful in this moment, but it's powerful for your future. This is powerful in what it speaks of trust with, uh, with God or before God in the moment. But it also speaks about how we can be trusted in the future because this wasn't the moment when this guy was tested. Jesus already knew what he would do. So clearly somewhere in his history is a, an act like this or a pattern of this amongst people or with God or who knows where, but he, he became the trusted. And so today as we come to this, there is a God appointed future and this is part of that. This is a catalyst offering that is moving into that future, but it's also a moment where we establish ourselves as those who God can trust with the moment and even more. And so maybe as I wrap today, maybe you've been here before with us, uh, you know, many times and you're like, well, Darren, I've been there. I've done that. Well, you know, we're still living. We're still breathing. I'm still going to be sacrificing as we come to the offering. Bronnie's going to be sacrificing. And I just encourage you yet again to take a deep breath and with bold faith, make a statement that says I'm seeding and speeding the God appointed future. I want to see as much come to pass as I can in my life. And I'm going to establish again that I'm the person that God can trust with this moment and trust with more into the future. For some of you, you've never been here before. You've never taken the step of faith today. Make today the day that God can look on at you and go, now there is a man, there's a woman, there's a young person. I can trust with the moment and I can trust with more. They will seed my future and they will speed its coming. Maybe in years past, you have just been limited by your inability, your life was contracted, but now you're in a different season. Like things have opened up a bit. You got, I want to encourage you, don't let the past be the determiner of what you do today. May you step up full of faith, honor God, move into the God appointed future, not only for his church, but for you. And may you be the one who can be trusted with the moment and trusted with more, but more than that, that you would be the kind of person whose finance is meeting need, seeding the God-appointed future, and speeding its coming. And with that, I'm going to hand you back to your pastor. God bless you, and may God move and stir you as he rallies you towards what he is doing today. What a legend. <laughs> He's lived that. And how cool that. He's now helping churches in the States, this kid from Campbelltown, 
this lout from Campbelltown is now helping churches in the States. That's so incredible. Okay, so last year we came to this moment and um, we, we needed to raise money. We'd replaced the roof of the hub, as Ryan said, during, um, during COVID and that had severely depleted um, our funds. And so we said, hey, can we just build margin back in? And, and you did that. And, and there was money given for out the front and it hasn't all happened yet, but it is going to happen. And, and you did that. And, and then we said, we really want to see the renewal of the next generation. We want to see if there's some kind of childcare slash whatever it looks like facility over in the hub to use that space that we've got there that's largely not used week to week, but can be something that is seeding the renewal of the next generation. Would you sow seed to that, even though we can't do anything with it yet? And you did that. Last year, we raised around $186,000 to do all those things. Now, with um, stuff that went on, we couldn't pursue that in this last year. And so I was thinking about it and praying about it. And, and, and with the shortage of tradies and all that kind of thing, the stuff wasn't done out the front like we thought it would be by now. And I was like, well, I don't feel comfortable raising money when we haven't even done what we said we'd do yet. And we're not ready to press go on that. So we can't, we, like, what are we raising money for there? Probably this time next year, We'll be asking people really pray and really sacrifice for that. And so I was like, so God, will I just give everyone the year off? Like, what should we do here? Um, we don't want to just do things because they're on the church calendar. We want to do things because we're led by your spirit. And, uh, and so praying about it, I went to Daz and said, Daz, what do you reckon? What do you reckon? Oh, and then we were told that this roof needed replacing. And my office had a downpour in it. And, and so Frank got a quote and it was $115,000. And I was like, oh, Jesus, I can't go back to the church and ask them for another 100 grand for a roof. And, uh, and so then went to the board and this is what boards are for because they know stuff and they're smart. And they said, call this guy. And he did a quote and it was two and a half grand. Thank you, Jesus, we got it done. Okay, so praise the Lord for wisdom. <laughs> you know, one day I want to see a massive whopping great screen here. One of those LCD, LED, LCM screens. <laughs> Like, that'd be awesome. Like, you know, that'd be so great. One day, maybe. But, but like, I just did not feel to raise money for those things. And, and I said to Daz, hey, Daz, what do you reckon if we raise money for Gunnedah? And Daz was like, yes, let's do that. And Gunnedah, let's watch Mike and Crystal. Hey guys, this is where it all started. This is the place. This is Carinya School, Ganeda, mm -hmm. on the 17th of November, 2016. Yes, it was in November. This is where we started to gather every Sunday with yeah. a beautiful team of, of committed people. Yeah. Setting up every morning, packing up after the service. It was interesting. By interesting, he means it was really busy. It was <laughs> it hard well, it work. hard. It was hard. Yes, it was yes hard. let's be honest. <laughs> Hard work, but meaningful. Meaningful. We had it people that were yes. committed and kind and, and the nice. Church grew, it, they were yes. kind. it kept growing, it kept growing by God's grace. Yeah. And then COVID came. When COVID came, the school said they can't have us anymore. So get out of here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Because, and we got because out it of was uh, that's what the government said. We yeah. moved from Carinha and but we'll show you where we went. Then we moved here. Yes. Smithhurst Theatre in Town Hall, Ganeda. Mm. And we worshipped here throughout COVID, like all the lockdowns and stuff. They were this, very kind to us. Yeah, they were yeah. kind to us. But. But. 
we had the youth now. Yeah, we had the youth. The and kids have grown up, and now he, we started to make noise. Make noise. Why? Because after the service, they will be hanging out, and they will be playing, playing basketball, basketball on the wall. Yeah. Like b- bumping the basketball <laughs> on the wall, and 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 the people who were watching the the movie in the cinema they in the theater, like they did not like it. Yeah. So, so we got kicked out. Get out of here, number two. <laughs> because yeah. of the noise of the music mm-hmm. and the youth were being a little bit themselves. Yeah. Expressing themselves. Yeah. They were really. Yeah. And themselves. the manager thought it was wise to ask us to find another place. But remember, they were really kind. They were kind. The council was kind to us. We understand them. So we'll take you to the next. Welcome to the Country Women Association. This is the third place we came. Yes. We started meeting here. Remember, we are moving all those places uh, and our equipment. Yeah. So all these places, we were keeping the equipment at people's homes yeah. and bring them in a trailer every Sunday. Yeah. So it was quite a lot of work for our team, but mm. we thank the team. Oh. We are grateful for the committed team. So grateful for the team. They really, yes. really, really did a lot of work yes. and this with, a good, is with, a, with a big heart and we, they were just excited. For many years yeah. the team was packing up every Sunday yeah. and from the the town hall and this place yeah. we were keeping our equipment into people's homes and bring them on Sunday because yeah. we did not have a storage. Yeah. So the yes, very yes, yes. important thing about this place the is toilet the toilet was behind the preacher. Behind the preacher. So Anyone who went to the toilet, mm-hmm. we knew what they were doing and yes. how long and, and they what would, they did. Yes. There. So it was... It was really an experience. Yeah, yes. But the thing is, after two months yeah. gathering here, God opened the door and there we go. Ta-da! Here we are. Our own, very own building. Our own building. Easter 2022. Mm -hmm. That's the first Sunday we met here. Finally, finally, we have such a a place. We have. We don't need to pack up and set up anymore. No, no. We have a kids' church that next to the main building, which means the 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 parents they just drop the kids and come to the service. Oh, hallelujah! Beautiful, beautiful. (laughs) So that was a great blessing to to the to the team. Yeah, this is a great blessing. We have a kids' church space. We have a main auditorium. We have have nice. We have a a place where we call cafe. Yes, it will be a cafe one day. One day, but we. Still drink coffee there. Mm-hmm. This is a great, great, great yeah. blessing that we are enjoying yeah. now. So let's go, let's go, let's go and see. Let's go and see what's happening there. Our very own kids' church. Let's go inside. Yeah, so cool. 
So, Gunada, you saw the size of their congregation. They have done that themselves. And uh, they borrowed 540000 late 2021. They've paid that down to 371000 um, Interest rates are now at 7.62%. So it will only get harder. And those people commit to paying weekly amounts. So on top of their own rent and on top of their own mortgage, they then commit to paying the church's mortgage as well. Imagine if we can help them with that. And the reason that we can is because we just walked into this place. Well, we didn't. We bought it. And we raised money for it and we kitted it out and we had debt for a year, but we paid it off within a year. But the reason we were able to do any of that is because there were generations that went before us for CLA and Blue Cross in Durai Road and for CLC and Light City all around this block, generations after generations who don't live here anymore, some who are in heaven now and cheering us on, they did that for us. But Gunana is a first generation property owning church. And we have the ability to help them pay that off. And, and, and so while we were like, yes, let's do that, then something else came up. Let's look to the screen again. We've got missions months next month, so that's why I'm cutting Brucey short there. Um, and we won't have that on the podcast. If you're listening to the podcast later, we just heard Brucey talk about the country that he is in, um, but we're not going to talk about that on the podcast because he's in a, in a country that is hostile to the gospel. Brucey is a Tamworth boy who has learnt the language and gone over there to a country that is hostile to the gospel and his life is actually at risk. Uh, the other day he rang Daz because he had to walk two and a half hours in 40 plus degree heat because he's motorbike broke down and Bruce is a mechanic um, so he's really trying to get the full life out of that motorbike. Bruce said this is my home now, I'm going to live and die here and, uh, and there are millions upon millions upon millions that have never even heard the name of Jesus. Bruce spent last summer 40 to 50 degrees sleeping in a unit with no air conditioning. Um, praise God he now has it but this is the kind of guy that we believe is good seed, that is trustworthy seed. And Bruce has said, is it at all possible for the church to buy me this? Hey, uh, that is a brand I have never heard of. Um, but it looks colourful. And, uh, and Brucey would be able to do amazing work with that. $20,000 would get him that vehicle. And, um, and so my hope, my faith, my belief is that we are going to be able to, what we're going to do, we're going to split everything that comes in, Gunnedah and Brucey's car, but I believe that we are going to get Brucey his car and we are going to exceed it well beyond and help pay Gunnedah's debt down to relieve the pressure from their local congregation. And so right now, um, let's just take a moment and let's just ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what would you have me do here? Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.